Hello, I'm Laura. And I'm Cam. And welcome to the Giving Voice podcast from Chandler House at UCL, where each month we invite special guests to help us explore an area of speech and language therapy you've always wanted to know a little bit more about. Plus, each episode we will share our peaks and troughs of being a student speech and language therapist, and we get to stick our noses into the lives of our fellow students at UCL. Hi Kat! Hi Laura! Good to see you. Good to see you too. How, how are you this week? I'm well, thank you. I'm good. Um, I've just been getting on with um, those essays that we've had set instead of our exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's quite nice to have a little bit more structure to my day, having things to do. Um, but yeah, how are you? Lovely. Um, yeah, also trying to get on with essays, but I don't think I've been quite as successful as you have. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's there's been some words, some words yeah. have been typed. We've got lots of time, so it's it's fine. I think that's the issue, isn't it? All this yeah. time. <laughs> so what week is it? What, what week of lockdown are we in now? Seven or eight? Seven or eight. Oh, gosh. Okay. Thing. How's it going? Any more crochet masterpieces? Um, I've just started a new project. Um, all the like Instagram crochet and knitters are having a heyday at the moment because obviously everybody's at home and a lot of people are learning how to knit and stuff. So I'm making like a quarantine blanket and following um, this pattern by a lady who has a blog and she puts up a different square of the blanket every week. Um, so that's quite nice because it kind of feels like there's a bit of a community doing it and we'll all like have these blankets that are sort of like that are the same ish but we'll all have used different colours and stuff so I'm enjoying that. Very nice where are you getting your wool from? Well so if you are interested Wool Warehouse are still delivering I had a massive I had a bag like this big come through <laughs> sorry oh. it's not great for a podcast but I had a massive bag come through <laughs> yesterday um, <laughs> So that was very exciting. It's like the highlight of my week, my yarn order. <laughs> I think getting deliveries is like the only exciting thing that happened. No. Oh, <laughs> Being the postman walk past my house is honestly the highlight of every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a little dog in the window. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> um, how has your week been, Laura? Tell me all about it. Oh, well... I haven't really done much this week. I've been just reading. We kind of really overhauled my um, housemate's garden. Yeah. Um, Hey, you moved since we last spoke. I have moved. Yes, I have moved. And I know that sounds a bit strange in lockdown, but um, my friends were buying a house and it would have fallen through if they hadn't bought it. So that's why we left. Um, So, yeah, I've just been doing that, really. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the National Theatre Frankenstein on Thursday. Oh, yeah. it's tomorrow, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I'll be tuning into that. So that's quite a, right. you know, a point of the week for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, apart from that, just been getting on with uni stuff and reading and yeah. Nice. About it. Standard quarantine activities. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, this week I've actually, we've got an interview that I did before, um, lockdown but it is still on Skype because it was to um, the course lead from uh, the speech and language therapy master's course in Ghana Mm. 
So I've got to say, sorry to Josephine, who is the interviewee, the line is a bit crackly because we had a few um, internet problems. But it's a, it's a great interview. And would you like to have a listen, Kat? Yeah, I'm honestly so excited to hear this one that I've been really looking forward to. I think it's so interesting. So yeah, fire away. So today I'm joined by Josephine, who's one of the course lecturers on the Speech and Language Therapy Masters at the University of Ghana. Um, And today we're going to be discussing her experiences of teaching on the course and setting it up as it's the first of its kind in Ghana. So first of all, welcome, Josephine. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. It's lovely to finally meet you after all of our back and forth emails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, well, it's it's great to connect and actually be able to share some experiences of our course and and yours. Absolutely. Really, really important. Um, So, yeah, if you'd like to start off by just giving me a a short introduction to yourself, please. Okay. So, my name is Josephine Ohinwa Bampo. Um, I am a speech and language therapist by profession. I trained at City University London. Um, I currently work for the University of Ghana um, with the School of Biomedical and Allied Health Sciences and Department of Audiology and Speech and Language Therapy. And I do some clinic staff with the Ecology Teaching Hospital. Amazing. Fantastic. So we were chatting a little bit earlier about yeah. setting up setting up the course and I yeah. thought you could tell me a little bit about how how did this idea first um happen to start a speech okay. language right. in Ghana okay so I'm going to take you as far back as 2005 at the time I was doing what we call here national service so after the, your first degree in Ghana you do a one-year national service, kind of. So you get allowance, but it's like a service to the nation, really. And so I happened to be posted to the Department of Linguistics at the time because I did linguistics for my first degree. And then my colleague, Clement, as well. So whilst we were there as national teaching assistant at the time, um, our head of department then got a letter from the school, the dean of the School of Biomedical and Allied Health Sciences of the same university, um, requesting for two students with a background in linguistics to go to go and pursue a course in the UK in speech and language therapy and then come back and set up a program. So I remember at the time there were quite a number of a number of us uh, at the department as TA. So we all applied and then myself and Clement actually got the offer. And so City University um, interviewed us on phone and Clement and I actually got the offer to come study. So the government sponsored us as the Ministry of Health. Um, sponsored us to to the UK to City University to do an MSc program in speech and language therapy um, with the idea of coming back to to start a program in speech and language therapy. Okay, so had you had you heard of speech and language therapy yourself as a profession before this opportunity? <laughs> very very interesting question because no, I had the first time. I ever came across the word or the profession was when uh, a head of department had told us about that at the time of School of Biomedical and Allied Health Sciences. And I said, well, this sounds very interesting. So I think I remember at the time, I, I mean, it was quite difficult to have access to internet at home. So I went to a, a, 
uh, an internet um, center, usually we say a comp center or an internet center, mm-hmm. um, to read up a little bit about speech and language therapy and, and thoughts. Well, I, this sounds really interesting. It will be something that I'm very much interested in. So why not give it a go and apply? And your and life took this massive turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So if you look yeah. back, to, so if you look yeah, back like to two thousand and five or slightly before that, you would never have guessed you'd be in this no position way. now. <laughs> no way, never, never. Amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it, and um, and I enjoy, I really enjoy what I'm doing. So it's a good decision, really, to apply. So when you when you so you've done all your training, you've got you're ready to set up the course. What was the yeah, biggest um, challenge? What was your biggest challenge? Getting people to do this. The specialty courses, so like things like voice, head and neck, and laryngectomy, stammering, aphasia, and all that. But we were quite fortunate because, with the help of Carrie, we we got to know about the DAP fund by the Australian High Commission, and which we applied, and we got some funding to be able to get people to fly over to Ghana to teach. Oh wow! Courses. Really? So they from Australia, from the US, from the UK, from Sweden. Um, and from South Africa to come teach. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because I was going to say, how do you how do you teach these specialisms if you yeah. haven't, you know, if you're the speech yeah. and language therapist in Ghana at the time, there aren't that many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. So that's how we we managed to get people down here to to come teach those specialty courses. And also, um, when they did their year year internship, actually, we had we kind of had difficulties with. Um, who is going to do the supervision because there are just three of us there were just three of us at the time and uh, um, well we were all at the Kolebu teaching hospital but then we had people in at different hospitals in the in in different regions really so we discussed with um, um, the visiting lectures that we, we've had throughout the course and carrying together with Jane Dawson from UK um, um, came up with what we call the British Ghana partnership. They call it the Bright Partnership. So Jane sort of looked for um, therapists in the UK who would be willing to mentor these twelve, and 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 also yeah, sort of mentor them uh, remotely. And we got some funding from Speech Pathology Australia um, in terms of buying resources to be able to sort of. Um, have Skype meetings with their mentors from the UK and all that. And it went really well. So more or less, they did the mentoring because, again, we had students we were teaching who, uh, at the university, and so we couldn't have supervised them um, during that one-year period. And the Bright Partnership um, from the UK were quite help, very, very helpful, um, especially mentoring these 12 um, to be able to to pass the Alessia exam and to be employed by different institutions to 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 start work really as speech and language therapists. Yeah. Yeah. So this really was kind of a almost a worldwide I effort. You in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And so after after all of this, you know, all your training, all of these bureaucratic hoops that you had to jump through and getting everyone <laughs> to fly over, how did it feel when yeah. you saw your first cohort graduate oh goodness we were so excited um yeah I felt like wow this this is is like a dream come true it's happened really 
And and I think sometimes I was I was earlier on I was talking to um, another colleague of mine. I was saying, you know, most of the time we are kind of hard on ourselves when we we always thinking about the challenges. But really, on that day, we kind of saw the fruits of all 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 that we've been up to since twenty six since twenty. 2014, I, I think, when we have started this whole thing um, in terms of the curriculum. So we're very excited. Unfortunately, Karen was not here with us, uh, I, but we sent her some footage. She was super, super excited because she was very instrumental um, in setting up this whole program. We are all very excited and very proud of them, all 12, um, to have graduated. So another question I was going to ask you were kind of around the attitudes to speech and language therapy in Ghana. Is it is it is it a well known profession? Because I mean, even even in the UK, we're celebrating you know the seventy fifth anniversary of RCSLT, but yeah. still, it's yeah. very common for people to think of um, speech and language therapy as just stammer or <laughs> yeah. execution. So, what are the attitudes in Ghana to speech and language yeah. therapy? Um, outside the hospital, I'm not very sure many people know about speech and language therapy. We've tried to to create some awareness by um, taking advantage of these things like um, the anniversaries or the days that we like we had a voice day uh, world voice day last year and some of our newly qualified um, had a program at their hospital um, they've I've seen a few write-ups about things that we do but really generally people really don't know about the profession and when people ask me about what I do when I say speech and language therapy they go like so are you going to help me to talk <laughs> I guess so <laughs> then I then it's it's an opportunity to tell people what we do, um, um, really. So people know, seem to know a lot about autism in Ghana, again, because there's been a lot of awareness about autism. And so, yeah, but um, speech and language therapy is fairly, fairly new in Ghana. And even some health professionals don't know about the profession. Um, and in medical school, they are not taught about that as well. So we've had a discussion around that. And and, and one of the new pediatricians who is a lecturer at the university actually, I think, is, is teaching them about communication disorders so that they would have some awareness, really. Yeah. I'll have to get you in, Josephine, to do some lectures. <laughs> OK, yeah, that's really interesting. And so when you do graduate... Like, do you in in Ghana? Do you specialize into you know certain areas of speech and language therapist, or do you do lots of different roles? Yeah. So again, because we don't have the luxury of having a lot of professional um, SLCs in Ghana, we really don't specialize. So I remember when we started in the clinic, and we were we started with the walking clinic. So I mean, you go sit in the clinic, and you don't know who is showing up, <laughs> kind of. So you're there, and voice comes in, stroke. Um, stammering, early language, cleft, it was difficult really. What we are doing now at the hospital where we have six of the newly qualified is actually get them to tell us. So last Friday we had a meeting and we have Jane Dawson um, from Queen Victoria Hospital in the UK who is visiting Ghana for I think four months or so um, to help us um, um, with uh, she specialized in head and neck and laryngectomy. So we've been talking about finding out what people's interests are and get them to sort of do more of their interests really to be able to, to specialize kind of. So we are now beginning to look at that um, where people specialize. But really um, now as it is, you, you are doing almost everything. My gosh, that sounds <laughs> so tough. Well, um, a bit of everything really. <laughs> so my other question was going to be, so I'm um, obviously you trained in city, um, 
you know, with uh, UK kind of frameworks. Um, how do you how do you take that back to Ghana? And especially because it's a multilingual country. I mean, I this is just some I quick know. googling, but there was. I think it said 80 main languages or something. How do you yeah, bring those yeah. frameworks back to Ghana and teach yeah. your students for your clients? Yeah, very, um, it's a very good question, really. Um, um, so I happen to have, to have taught, we are done with the semester. So we, I taught the multilingual module this semester. It was new to me, actually. So I did a lot of reading myself and I learned a lot of and it was quite interesting because um, the students actually brought on board some experiences they've had and and um, in terms of um, looking at things from people's cultural background um, so even though in Ghana like you said we have quite a number of languages the official language is English um, the trend now in Ghana really which is a bit disappointing but I have to mention is that most families are now just um, using English as the home language and the first language and the only language for many of these, many, many, I mean, even typically developing children here in Ghana. So we, I sit there in clinic and I, I see somebody come in and the mom, I'm told, okay, speaks English and that's all. They don't speak any other language with them. It's been a debate here. People, parents have said, well, when the child goes to school, it's English they speak and um, and so they need to get better at English. And so they think that by starting English from home and making English the only language, their children will probably be more proficient in English, really. And this is at the disadvantage of, of the mother tongue, really. And so um, I haven't really, I must say that I haven't really worked with somebody in any of the local languages before. Not because I'm not capable of doing that, but because most of the children, all the children that I've seen in clinic have been made monolingual speakers of their parents L2, which is English. Wow, that's that's really quite, must be quite frightening to see, you know, the native yeah, languages of Ghana really, kind of yeah. just converging into English. English, yeah. Yeah, so that's the trend now. I don't know, people have, I've argued with people over these things and they have told me that, well, if you go beyond the, the shores of, of Ghana, nobody would, would be able to understand any of the local languages. So they think English... Um, they need to do English with their kids. And so, and I keep saying, well, but these students have the abilities to learn more than one language. So why, why limit them? So what, what's going to be the future for your course? If there was one big goal that you have? Right. We are hoping that we would actually, the university will actually employ some of these new cohort, um, first cohorts who have, have just finished on part-time basis and we can gradually mentor them to be able to teach some of the units so that then we can go ahead and pursue our PhD. Um, yeah. Okay, so I just want to reassure everyone, I know that sounded quite abrupt, but we did say goodbye, but I just forgot to record it. So it was a bit, that was my first Skype interview. So it was a bit of a, a bit of a novice moment for me, but we did have a lovely goodbye. We left as friends. It was fine. <laughs> easily done, easily done, I feel. I think uh, interviewing people over Skype is, yeah, it's no extra challenge on top of interviewing somebody in the flesh. So <laughs> they did very well. And it was so nice to hear from Josephine. So thank you, Josephine, if you listen to this, um, for speaking to Laura, that was really, really great. Yeah, so interesting to hear how um, you can the creation of a new course has got so many, obviously got so many hurdles to get over. 
but I thought especially it's quite quite apt in this time of you know the globe coming together and you yeah know, I mean talk about collaboration that's yeah exactly um but yeah so that's about it for this episode <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was more to talk about but I'm going to try and take up a new hobby before um, next week, so that's... Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, I have something really exciting to tell you about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks everyone. Thank you for listening, and tune in next month. Take care, everyone. Speak to you soon. Bye.